Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Well, last week, we we started a brand new series that I don't know about you, I am pumped about. This feast series, Taste and See, y'all remember that last week? Uh, we, We sat at the feet of Professor Heyman last week, did we not? Just basking in his, in his teaching, and, and just it was so rich, so good. Talked about Passover, and I, I, I've been chewing on that all week long, and just God speaking to us. And as you came in last week, you should have received this handout. Did anybody bring the handout back? Denim, I know you don't have them. You got to go to guest services. You, you got to bring these things back, or you can also look online if you're here. You say, "Well, I don't have one of these." Look online. Pull up the notes, the digital version, and after service, they are at guest services at one of our locations. You can check that out. But this is, this is going to help us because a lot of this is new information to us. Some of you, you might be feast experts. You, you know all seven feasts. Uh, but I think the majority of us in here, we're, we're learning some new things, aren't we? And this is what I thought about before we dive in. I thought about how powerful it is to study God's Word. Not just to read God's word and just gloss over it. No, I'm just getting through this. How many sometimes you do that in that one-year Bible? You get to some of those names. You're like, Lord, have mercy. You become a speed reader all of a sudden. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But to study God's word, to get it in our minds, the Bible says, study yourself to show yourself approved. And then what happens is, as you learn, we don't learn just for learning's sake to get puffed up. Be proud. Oh, look how much I know. No, 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 no. We learn so that God will do something on the inside of us. Transformation starts to happen. Man, you start, you start just sensing the power and the presence of Jesus in your life. It's just saying, oh, man, God, I want to learn more about you. You're infinite, but look, I want to learn more and more about you. Then what happens is, is the work of your hands. What you do, your doing starts being marked by who he is. And we've been talking about these feasts. And last week, he talked to us about Passover. Today, we're going to be talking about first fruits. Okay, first fruits, feasts of first fruits. We are skipping unleavened bread, but we're going to come back to it. We got some love for unleavened bread. We're going to come back to it on first Wednesday in November, talk about that and the Day of Atonement. So it's going to be a night, a double packed. It's going to be rich. But we learned last week how these feasts were annual festivals. They were celebrations that Israel did every single year. There's seven of them. So you can see that on the front side of this as you open up. There's seven of them. There's three in the spring, the early harvest. And then there's one in the summer, Pentecost. I I just have a way of remembering that. Pentecost, I think about Pentecost. I think it's hot in the summer, right, everybody? Okay, it's hot in the summer, right, everybody? I think Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when it was was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came down like fire upon them. That just kind of helps me remember. Anybody like that at all? Nobody. Nope, I think it's great. And then in the fall, you got three more feasts. You got trumpets, you've got Day of Atonement, and then you also have tabernacles. I think, I think about the fall, this is silly, but this helps me. Y'all just work with me. I gotta, I gotta teach myself. I, I'm not as smart as some of you guys. Pastor, Lee, Pastor Mike was like, oh, you smell this? He smelled it, he's like, it reminds me of school. When I smell this, I think about school, I start getting terrified. <laughs> Pastor Mike's smart. I was just glad to pass elementary and middle school and high school. Where are my people at? Let me see you. I think about it being fall time. I think, okay, there's three feasts in the fall. Fall, there's football in the fall. Who's on the field in halftime? The band is. What do they play? The trumpet. Feast of trumpets, the first one. 
I'm here all day, everybody. Come back for the 11. It's bound to be better than this service. But these are parties with a purpose. And the first three feasts, the early harvest, those were all within nine days. So you got just like a week and a half, boom, boom, boom. Feast, feast, feast. Partying, celebrating. Some of y'all new to church here and you're like, ooh, I like this church. <laughs> Talking about parties. Now let me, let, me, let me preface this now. These are parties with God at the center. These are parties where you have a good time and the next day you feel just fine. That's the kind of, that's the kind of parties we're talking about here. You think, ooh, we're getting crazy. No, we're not. We're getting crazy for Jesus. Uh, those are the type of things we're talking about. And so they had these early feasts, and this is where we are right now. And, and in this, I, I want you to remember what he talked about last week. It'll be on the screen. They, they do a couple of things, three things that they were intended for. The first one is this, is reflection. So as they had these annual feasts and celebration, calls reflection to remember what God has done. I like this so much. How many of you in your life, God's done some incredible things? Come on, wave at me. You, God's done some incredible things in your life. I, I came across this this week. The most frequent command of the Bible, a lot of people know, do not what? Okay, not a lot of people know this. Do not fear. Okay, most common command, do not fear. You're like, I knew that. I knew you did. Do not fear. You know, the second most frequent command is to remember. I think that's so cool. Most frequent command, do not fear. You know, the best ways to help you stay in the faith, help you stay fired up about what God is doing, who he is, what he's done, is you remember from yesterday. You pull a little faith from yesterday and you pull it into today. I need that sometimes. Sometimes I got to borrow some faith from yesterday and pull it in a day. So these feasts, they, they brought about remembrance, remembering, reflecting. Second thing is celebrating, to rejoice in what God is doing. Hear me. God's not done. He did great things in the past, and he is doing great things now. So when they celebrated this, they thanked God for what he had done. They say, Lord, we thank you and praise you for what you're doing right now. And the third thing is expectation to look forward to what God had promised them. God has promised. There was, there was anticipation in their hearts. And I believe at HPC, this is a room full of people in all of our campuses and all of you are watching online that you have anticipation and expectation for what God has ahead of you. Yeah. The best days aren't behind you. God's doing great things in the past, doing great things in the present, but you're looking forward to what's ahead. Can I get a good amen this morning? So we'll be looking at this and breaking down this, this teaching each week. We'll look at the feast, where it started, what it teaches us, and where it points us. So let's look at Leviticus chapter 23, 9 through 11, and verse 14 as well. This is what it says. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instruction to the people of Israel. When you enter the land, that's an important word, when. So if you have your Bible, I want you to circle that word. If you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. It's future tense. When you enter the land, I'm giving you, and you harvest its first crops, Bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. On the day after Sabbath, so Sabbath is a Saturday, is a day of rest, so the day after which is Sunday, the priest will lift it up, that's important, he will lift up this bundle of grain, the sheaf, before the Lord so that it may be accepted on your behalf. Verse 14, final verse we'll look at. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring the offering to your God. So don't eat anything yet. This is a permanent law for you 
and it must be observed from generation to generation. Feast where it started, our first section. This is a unique feast because God is telling them about something they're going to practice, but they're not able to practice it yet. How many of you are poor waiters in here? You do not like waiting for anything. This is one of those things where there was great anticipation, but I also imagine there was great frustration because God's saying to them through Moses, hey, when you enter into the promised land, you're gonna be able to participate in this awesome feast every single year. But right now, you gotta hold up. I, I thought about it this way. When I was a kid, I don't know if you guys did this, but I was like little, little seven-year-old David, just waking up, and it was my birthday, running out of my room, and I just had in my mind, it's my birthday. It's August 16th. Where is my cake, and where is my ice cream for breakfast? It was time. Anybody else like that in here? And then I would think, too, where are the gifts? I would think, where? I, I see no gifts. <laughs> where are the gifts? And my parents would say to me, it is your birthday. You will have cake and ice cream, but you're going to have to wait on it. We got to get grandma and grandpa over there. I say, well, God bless them. They can eat leftovers later. <laughs> I'm ready to eat now. And this is kind of the same sentiment as God has given them this knowledge of a feast they're going to celebrate, this feast of first fruits. But he's saying it's not until you get into the land. Now, let's, let's go back to Egypt. They get delivered from Egypt. Last week, we talked about that. Pastor Mike did a phenomenal job talking about Passover. How they had to do what? They had to put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. And what did the death angel do? Wherever he saw the blood, what did he do? Passed over. Good. You guys are remembering this. And then they exit. They leave Egypt. And they're now in the wilderness. And, and, and in the wilderness, they did not till the ground. They did not plant seed. They did not water. They did not harvest. Everything was provided for them, hear me, supernaturally. What was it called? Manna. Manna. Just imagine this. Manna, this food, would appear on the ground every single morning. They wake up. I just imagine them waking up. Ah, I don't wake up well. I need about 30 minutes. Do not talk to me for 30 minutes. I got to wake up. They're waking up. They're stumbling. They're in their tent. There's no lights hardly. They, they walk outside, and there's just food all over the ground. That's pretty cool right there. Just food all over the ground. And what is God teaching them? God's teaching them, hey, listen, I am your provider. I want you to hear that, not just with your ears, but with your heart. He was telling them, I am your provider. Not only that, they didn't have to work the ground. They also didn't have to lift a sword. God was not just their provider, but he was also their protector supernaturally. Just everywhere they went, God's power and provision was with them, and he was reminding them of how strong and mighty he is. And, and you just think about experiencing that every single day. And I just want to interject right here that God is still in the supernatural business. I know some of us are like, well, that was back then. That was pretty cool, God. But you don't do that stuff anymore. God can do whatever he wants to do. He can show up in ways the message never changes, but sometimes the methods do. And he's saying to them, listen, right now you have all these things, but it's going to end. And watch what happened when they entered into the promised land of Joshua. Watch what happens. The manna ceased. Joshua chapter 5. While the Israelites were camped at Gilgal, 
On the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover. So here they are celebrating this feast. First feast is Passover. On the evening of the 14th day of the first month, the very next day they began to eat unleavened bread. That's right after Passover. We'll come back to that later. And the roasted grain harvested from the land. Verse 12, no manna. Somebody say no manna. It gone. Appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land and it was never seen again. So from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. Manna was gone. They entered the promised land. No more manna. When they were in the wilderness, every single day they went out, got the manna for the day. They couldn't get too much because it would spoil. They just get enough for the day. Only time they could do that was on Friday because what's the next day? Sabbath. Can't work on the Sabbath. So they got double on Friday. But otherwise, God says, I need you to trust me and depend on me. I'm your provider every single day. They get into the promised land, and now, whoo, manna stops. Oh, no, God, I don't like what you're doing here. Lord, where's the manna? He says, I haven't changed who I am, but I'm changing how I'm doing it. And now, you're going to work the ground. <laughs> you're going to be some sweat. There's going to be some toil. You're going to be pulling some weeds. I do not like pulling weeds. Come on, help me out a little bit. I don't know. You're going to be pulling some weeds. I don't mind yard work. I don't like pulling weeds. Out. You're going to be pulling some weeds, but I'm still your provider. Yeah. I love this because when they entered in, first fruits, listen to me. It's powerful. We'll come back to this. It was on a Sunday. First fruit Sunday. You have Passover week, unleavened bread on Saturday, and Sunday is first fruit. And this is what they would do. On Friday, on Passover, they would mark the sheaf. I think we got a picture of a sheaf here. I want to make sure we have that because I, I had to look it up. I'm like, what in the world is a sheaf? It's grain. There we go. There it is. They would mark it on Friday. They'd tie it up and mark it. On Saturday, they would cut it. On Sunday, they would take it to the priest who would lift it. Mark, cut, lift. Y'all think y'all can remember that? Mark, cut, lift. We'll come back to that at the end. And the final thing is this, what it is. They were not allowed to eat it until they gave it. In other words, they could not get it until they gave it. They had to give it to the Lord. So that is what it is. Second part, second section. The faith, what it teaches us. So this is gonna be a little bit more application here. What it teaches us. It teaches to trust God in the now. I'm going to say it again because I only heard Derek Foster give me one amen in here. I'm going to trust God in the now. Oh, I like it. This seems like when you read it, you're like, okay, cool. They brought, they brought it, they marked it, they cut it, they brought it. They lifted it. That's fantastic. I love it. Can you imagine how difficult this would be? You have worked the ground. You have sweat. You have toiled. And then, before you can enjoy, you have to give it. I imagine a kid running out and seeing, seeing the wheat growing and all, oh, the early harvest is here, and running back inside and be like, Mama, Daddy, the harvest has come. Let's eat. 
And I know we don't get fired up about barley and, and, and just wheat, you know, stalks. But I want you to think about this. For them, that was like ice cream. Anybody ever been to Andy's? That changed your life right there. My kids, they pass Andy's, they say, yes, Lord, take us to the promised land. Sonic, Dairy Queen. And so these kids run out. They see, oh, the early harvest is here. And then they run back inside and they say, mom and daddy, we've been working hard. Because you know kids used to work back in the day. It's not bad to have your kids do a little chores. Amen from the parents. And they come in and the parents say, oh, praise God. We're going to first take it to the priest. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go out to eat, one of the hardest things in the world for me is when I get my food brought to the table and there's always that one person that orders something complicated. They wanted their steak done like medium plus, something you never even heard of. And, and you, you're just sitting there and you got your food right there in front of you and everybody else has their food and there's that one person. My mama used to drill inside of me. Manners, David. You wait until everybody is served. I do not like that rule at all. In fact, I'm telling you, if I don't have my food, I tell the whole table, please do not wait on me because it tears me up when it smells so good. It's right there. I, I, I wait for somebody to get distracted. I'll grab a French fry real quick and put it in my mouth. But they had to, they had to wait. They had to wait. And I'm telling you, my friend, listen to me. You can trust God in your now. He is faithful in your now. I know he provided supernaturally maybe in the past, but I'm telling you, he's going to show up in your now. And I've come today and we're learning some stuff, but I also want to speak some faith into people's hearts as it results around your resource and who God is in that. I don't care if the currency is gold. I don't care if it's silver. I don't care if it's barley. I don't care if it's a U.S. dollar. I don't care if it's cryptocurrency. Not doing too well right now. I don't care if it's a bull market, if it is a bear market, if inflation's high, if inflation's low, if the economy's strong, if it's weak, if it's a time of peace, a time of war. Hear me today. God is your source. He's your source. And he might use manna one day and then he calls you to work the ground the next, but the manna came from him, and so did the work of the ground come from him. And when you start recognizing every good and perfect gift comes from above, you can't help but bring it to him and say, Lord, I thank you, and I trust you in this moment with it. Before I partake, I'm going to thank you and give you praise for it. I was thinking about this. I hope this, I'm doing this. It's not any way bragging. I'm bragging on God. A long time ago, years ago, I found this recently in my faith box. I got a box. I call it my faith box. I don't worship it, but I worship the one who fills it. And I found this check, $20 check. It was during a time when uh, a lot of uncertainty in me and my wife's life and just kind of just needed some direction, kind of some questions as it related to our finances and where we were and what we were doing. I remember one service, this is years and years ago, a sweet, sweet lady came up, single mom, and it was after a Sunday night service, and she said, hey, I want to bless you. And I, I knew she had very little, 
And she said, I want to bless you. I want to, I want to sow into what God's doing in your life. And, and I just, I, I, in that moment, you just feel just overwhelmed, just thinking, how in the world? I mean, this, this precious lady had very little. And she gave me a check, $20, $20 check. Gave me a check. I didn't cash this check because it wasn't about the money. It's about the message. And I put this, I wrote on it saying, single mom gave this to me. And I wrote this down. God, you are my source. Say, why are you sharing that? I'm sharing that to say this. They had to depend on him when they were in Egypt. They had to depend on him when they were in the wilderness. They had to depend on him when they are in their promised land. And I'm telling you this. You don't remember anything today. Remember this. God's faithful. He is faithful, my friend. He will show up when you least expect it. And don't, also, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't understand. Sometimes your obedience is the answer to someone else's prayer. God knew that that single mom, I needed her to come to me to remind me. Not that I needed her money, but to remind me, God, you're my source. That, that's a testimony. Y'all remember back in church when you used to testify a little bit? Can I do, can I do one more? One more, okay. I'm going to do it anyway. If you said no, I'm still going. This is crazy. I'm telling you, God, don't limit him. Prioritize him. Trust him in today. This wasn't too long ago. My wife came to me. I'm going to be a little vulnerable here. My wife came to me and said, hey, David, we're supposed to help out a family. And I thought, what family? Our family? This <laughs> baby, for some reason, our electric bill is just going, whoo, gas bill, whoo, everything, whoo. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, we got a great family. We got six. We can help all of us out right now. And she said, no, we're supposed to help a family in need. And I wish I was just a man of faith, man of the hour, to say, oh, yes, let's do it. But I was like, whew, well, God didn't tell me that. I was saying, hello, Lord, priest of the home here. And God started messing with me. I don't know if he messes with you sometimes. Mess with me. He said, you trying to put me in a box, David? I said, well, Lord, I guess I am because I wasn't really anxious to give. And, 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 we, and we gave. And again, this is not about, this is not about us. But when you trust God until now, I promise you he's going to show up. Time's going to show up. Weeks go by. Two weeks. This is good. This is good. Two weeks go by. We get, we get mail. We bought a, a Ford for my wife. God bless Ford. Got a Ford. And they sent a, a letter from Ford. Normally, when you get a letter from Ford, let me tell you, just, just so you know, they normally want something from you. <laughs> They don't want something for you. They want something from you. We open it up. I just got on the truth. You can trust him in that. Open it up. He's my source. Open it up. Dear valued customer. I like the way this sounds. I appreciate that. Dear valued customer. Start saying these things. And, 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 and in that, there was a gift card. It says, we apologize for the recalls on your vehicle. I thought, what recalls? <laughs> Seriously, I did. I said, baby, we got recalls. We got to take this thing in. Hear me? A gift card. I thought it was a joke because you know you can't trust stuff like that. It was the exact same amount that we sowed two weeks ago. Exact same amount. Come on, you can clap a little better than that, man. I promise you this. I was a lot more excited than just a little clap. I said, God, you are good. 
And this is the thing with trusting him. It means you got to release whatever it is you have. Some of you are like, oh, I trust God with my money, but you don't trust him with your marriage. Ooh. Ooh. Well, he ain't laughing anymore. <laughs> God, I trust you with my marriage, but Lord, I can't seem to trust you with my children. Can I tell you, if he can provide for you, he can protect you as well. He can take care of you. And what are these feasts about? These feasts are about God. You are faithful in today. I trust you now. I believe you now. I'll give you thanks. I'll give you praise. And I'll give you thanksgiving. I got to hustle. I'm having too much fun with this. Trust him in the now. Let's go on to the second point. Trust God for the future. Trust me, future. Not just today. You trust him for tomorrow. The Hebrew word for first fruits is the word bakurim. Be on the screen. Bakurim. Feel smart saying that. It literally means promise to come. I love this. Bakurim. Some of y'all just need to say that throughout your day. Bakurim. People think you're crazy. <laughs> promise to come. The first fruit, this early harvest, was a picture, hear me, of a greater harvest that was coming. When they saw that, they said, ooh, God, you're doing something today. But also, they said, God, you're going to do something in my tomorrow. This harvest is good, but Lord, Pentecost is coming. And that summer harvest is going to be even better because you're showing yourself faithful in today. And, and I thought about how sometimes it's very difficult for us, if we're honest, to trust him with our future. I don't know if I'm the only one who struggles with that. Sometimes you can feel pretty good about your past, but then you start wondering, God, are you gonna, you gonna show up in the future? And I just want you to know this. You can trust him in your future. I, I don't mind flying on airplanes. But when it's time to land, I like landing. And there's nothing more frustrating to me when they come on and say, hey, get ready, about to land. Get that seatbelt on, tray table up. Okay, let's go. Start going down. They, they put the landing gear going. And then you go down, and then all of a sudden, what do you do? Start going back up. I look out that window. I'm like, there's Baton Rouge right there. <laughs> the pilot must not know, but New Orleans is right there. We're supposed to be landed. And, and you go up, and they put you in this thing called a holding pattern. And at first, it used to bother me. So I think, man, what? We're supposed to be back there. I'm not an expert in aviation, but I know geography a little bit. We don't pass the place. <laughs> and they do this loop. It's called a holding pattern. And what you don't know is, is the holding pattern is for your own safety. Things that you want now, the pilot of your life, I wish somebody would help me out in here today. The pilot of your life has a different perspective than you. And I'm telling you, he's good at what he does. He knows what he's doing. And as they got that early harvest, it pointed them to the fact that he was going to be faithful in their future. Final thing is this, and we'll wrap it up. I hope this has been helpful to everybody. I've enjoyed it. Whether you have or not, I don't know, but I have enjoyed myself. The fulfillment, where it points us. Now, this is where it gets really good, my friend, where it points us. You might not know this. You might not have ever heard of this feast before. Feast of first fruits. Man, I'm learning some stuff. They lifted some things. Never heard of it. But you've been practicing it every single year. 
Last week we learned that Passover represents Jesus' death. This is the blank in the back of your, your handout here. Make sure not to put it on unleavened bread. You're gonna skip that one, put it right here in first fruits. First fruits represent Jesus' resurrection. Jesus' resurrection. Now, now lean into this moment. Lean into this. Friday, they went out and they marked the sheaf. They bundled it up. And they left it standing. Passover. On Saturday, they cut it. Unleavened bread. On Sunday, first fruit Sunday. They took it and they gave it to the priest and the priest lifted it. These feasts, these early feasts are prophetic in nature pointing to the first coming of Jesus. On Friday, Good Friday, Jesus who is our first fruit was marked, he was pierced, he was beaten, he was left hanging on a cross. On Saturday, when it was cut, he was cut off and he was placed in a tomb. But my friend, on first fruit Sunday, he was lifted and he was raised. There was power in him. Death could not hold him. He was raised. You say, well, what's the importance of that? Without the resurrection, the cross loses its power. Say, so, I don't know, I don't like that statement. I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain it to you. The penalty of sin is what? Is death. Jesus came and he died upon the cross. The only way to defeat sin was to conquer death. And Jesus was pierced, he was beaten, he was bruised, he hung on a tree, he was cut off, he was put in a tomb. But on Sunday, First Fruit Sunday, Easter Sunday, our King, our Lord, our Savior, our Master, our Provider, our healer, our deliverer, the one that every single demon will tremble and fall down before and every tongue will confess him as Lord. That Jesus, that first fruit was raised to eternal life. And you say, man, that's fantastic, but I knew all that, but did you know this? Because he lives, you will live. Because he's the first fruit. It's a sign of another resurrection coming, my friend. In fact, Corinthians says this, let me read it real quick, I love it. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Somebody shout amen. amen. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Who's that? That's the saints who've gone before who have died. I don't know if you know this, but the track record of death is pretty high. If he don't come back, you can put it together. We're going to die. For as by one man came death, but by a man has also come the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all died, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. 
that each other in his own order, watch this, Christ the first fruit. Somebody say the first fruit. Christ is our first fruit. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. I've come today to tell you this. You can trust him now. You can trust him tomorrow. You can trust him in every single aspect of your life. But know this, my friend, one day the trumpet sound is going to blast. Come on, y'all believe me. One day the trumpet sound is going to blast. And Jesus is going to come back. And everyone who is marked in Christ will be resurrected and raised to new life. Some of you in here, you're hurting right now. You've lost people you love. I have too. You miss them. You care about them. Can I tell you one day? You will be with all those who serve Jesus for all of eternity. Come on, can you give him praise in here today? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.